Hello, and welcome to Bird Fans Forever Podcast. I am John Pemberton, former ISU Redbird from 1985 to 1990. I am joined by Steve Fate, ISU alumni from 1984 to 1988, and John Diner, ISU alumni from 6. We've got to make sure i got the right fingers up there. So episode 6 of Bird Fans Forever podcast. Uh, today we are joined by Chad Mazinowski. Uh, our other co-host, John Diner's son is graduating college, so he will be not joining us this morning. Um, so thank you for joining us. Remember, we would love for you to get out and, and you know, and YouTube, hit the like button, smash subscribe, do those kind of things. If you're looking for the audio uh, podcast, podcast, you can go out to our website, www.birdfansforever, and then grab the link to whatever your favorite hosting uh, podcast uh, app is. So with that, we are going to get started here. Um, our first segment this morning is Chad and I were uh, had an opportunity to join uh, Coach Peden's Monday night uh, virtual alumni that they're talking about doing quarterly. So, Chad, what did you think? I like him. Uh, a lot of energy, a lot of good topics he discussed. You know, I, I think he's put together a pretty good staff, a lot of energy there as well. So, um, you know, he, he won the interview, I think is what, if, is what we, we all say in these situations. So and that's the important first step in, in coaching is to get on, get with the fans, get with the alumni and make sure that you, you have the support you need. I think he, he will have it. Yeah, and I like the fact that uh, they gave phone numbers out. Uh, right. You and I always had Dan, but you played with Dan, um, or at least a year after Dan. Correct? A year after, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, kind of like the head manager or whatever. Him and Jamar, you know, came around as managers, stalling yeah. found a way to make them a part of the program at that point. Yeah, yeah, to finish their degrees, yeah. And right. so um, so you had that relationship. I played, right, I was a former player coming back into the gym on summers. Right you know, when they were always short players. So I built that relationship. So we had Dan's number. We still today have Dan's number. Don't ask for it, but we have it. <laughs> um, so it was nice to get the coaches' phone numbers in case we need something or they need something for us, right? And so um, anytime we do, like, you know, we were talking about the alumni event. Chad and I have been. Uh, I recruited Chad in to help me do the alumni stuff, more the merrier of those guys that help. And, um, you know, to have all those contacts is awesome. Right, and to be able to you know coordinate when we do that, because um, um, Chad and I learned early on that as much as Dan loved the alumni being back, he's got a job to do: recruiting, running a team. So one year we had no water, right? So... <laughs> Our jerseys, jersey. We're, we're trying Our to find jerseys, beanies yeah. digging through you know boxes <laughs> in the back of the. Uh... And, Locker and you're room. talking large human beings, yeah, right. right? And so they were digging through old practice jerseys. And, and you know, uh, there was like six number 31s. And, and I had to call out your jersey. I love your jersey in the back, Thank right? And so, uh, But, you know, uh, 44s, there was like 10 of them. Why? You know, because Dan liked 44. Hello. Thank you. So, right. um, so yeah, nope. and it was good to see. I'm looking at the picture, you know, Matt Coach was on, right? He's running right. for office there in Bloomington. Got to throw a shout-out to Matt. You know, a guy I played with, Matt Tapward, was on. We also got the meet. You want to talk about meeting all the coaches? Yes. Yeah, no, I, I like all the coaches. You know, you have former players that have played under Pete. And so, you know, 
Coach Dockich. Um, you know, obviously comes from a pretty good pedigree of coaching. So, uh, you know, excited for him. Um, you know, he's young, energetic, and, you know, willing to put in the, the, the time. You know, looking at the video, I think you can see he's he's in the office on the video. So that's a good thing. You know, 7 o'clock conference call, he's still in the office. Um, you, you, you like to see that. You know, Coach Offit, Offit I think, would, uh, how did he pronounce that? Offit. I believe he said Offit. Offit. Yeah. Um, you know, he, him and I have a mutual friend, kid I played with from high school. So, um, but same thing, energetic, um, you know, look, looks like they've already put in the work to get some recruits in and, uh, you know, doing a heck of a job so far in the short time that they've had. And, you know, even, even going and looking at the offers they've made for next year to offering, you know, what was it? In one day they offered like eight guys from the Chicago area, which was a nice thing to see. So. Um, and then, of course, Coach Judson. You know, he's been around forever. Um, you know, he had a stint here under Jankovic and well-respected around the state. And you know, just a great guy. I think everybody in coaching knows who, you know, Rob Judson is. So, you know, heck of a staff. You know, I'm excited to see them. And, you know, of course, Coach Peden um, had some opportunities that he turned down. But, you know, in, in past years. And so it's, it's good to hear that he wanted to be here at ISU. And thinks that we can be, you know, get back to the powerhouse that ISU was. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, I'll post that picture of uh, um, the Zoom call. So we'll yeah. have that up. Uh, yeah, here. I've already gotten some flack for that on Twitter of uh, if, if I'm going to be the one on the other side of the court razzing the refs. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, they were. <laughs> we, we, we do see you chat every once in a while, stand up during the game. <laughs> Just once oh, in a while. <laughs> So I'm in Arizona, right? And so I got to watch most of the games on TV. I'm sending Steve and John pictures. Anytime they were behind Dan, I get a nice picture of these two back there. And then Chad, every time the camera panned on the court, there's him and his wife and his son, right? And so giving the refs grief. And so I love it, right? right. I text him pictures all the time off the TV. And so I just, I just thought it was inappropriate when he gave his kid to Reeves so he could yell, get closer to yell at the ref. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and my youngest gets, or my, my oldest son gets a kick out of it too. I mean, he sits there and he gets, his teachers say stuff to him in class. They're like, is your dad up there yelling at the refs again? And so he he loves it. He's starting to find my wit. So I got to be careful because I don't want <laughs> yeah. him to get any football flags for uh, personal fouls for giving it to the refs. So yeah, he told his teachers, "You're just strongly encouraging the refs." <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're nice. That Drake, yeah, that Drake game, that call sucked. Right? So which one? The first or the second one? <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Steve. You, you want to, you, at least you, now you got to explain what you're talking about here for those that did not pay attention to the Drake game. Yeah, so overtime, right? Right. Yep. Antonio Reeves averages what over 20 points a game, leading scorer. Shoots the ball like right inside the 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 free throw line, goes up, and the ball literally goes over the backboard. Right. And, and uh, they just call it out of bounds. Um, our ball. And uh, so then they go to video, and there's no way Antonio right. <laughs> uh, uh, shoots the ball. So obviously misses the ball that badly. Yep, yeah. So from he got feet. he got fouled. All right. Yep. So they go to the video because they didn't touch the ball; they touched his arm. It's Drake's ball, right? You, you know. So right. But he he was fouled. So they missed the first foul, 
right? Yep. And we would, we would have had the ball if they didn't go, go to video. But they go to video. We stop them. We come back down, <laughs> right? And, and uh, Kendall Lewis goes up point blank. <laughs> and, I mean, it's point blank right there, right from the basket. And, and he ends up shooting to the left of it. And, and uh, we lose. And then there's a picture <laughs> Penn's just grabbing his forearm. <laughs> you can see the tattoo on it. It's a, it's a great photo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, we're lucky yeah. Kendall Lewis was able to play the next game and without an injury from that, that foul. But, but hey, yeah. a, a, after the game, Coach DeVries looked over at us and was just laughing and pointing at us. I'm like, hey, you guys didn't win fair and square. You had two more players than yeah. us. Yeah. So, no, it's fun. It's always so, fun to sit down there. And yeah. refs are good. There's a lot of good refs, and we have fun with them. His son was engaging uh, with you guys and the students as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. Always, a, a lot of them do. I mean, you'll be surprised. And even my wife gets into it and she laughs because it's, I think, Prim came. And when we beat Missouri State at home, you know, he didn't score after she started yelling at him. So, you know, he'd, and he'd look <laughs> over and he'd flex and do all this stuff. Then we win. And, you know, I wanted to we text won. Dana and be like, hey, you need to have your guys pay attention to the game. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a show and tell since Chad has his big jersey back there. We don't want to miss that, calling out his jersey. I pulled this out of my show and tell box. It's uh, I got a nice little wooden plaque for, oh, I'm sorry, Chad. When uh, is the conference championship? <laughs> <laughs> and I got the I got the clock being fixed, so yeah. it's it's good. So we'll talk more about All that right. later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. So <laughs> we're gonna take a break right here and we'll be right back with Chad. All right, so we're starting our Chad Mazinowski show segment here where we're talking all about Chad and his career. So we're kicking off, big man. Uh, Steve always likes to ask this question. Steve, going to ask it? Yeah, Chad, walk us through uh, you know the recruiting process and how you ended up at ISU. Uh, so junior year, I wasn't, you know, I had a good sophomore, junior season on varsity both years at uh, DeKalb High School. Uh, senior season, I came in, it was me. Uh, we had a shooter and then a freshman point guard, or uh, he was sophomore point guard at that time. So, and there were just three of us. I had a really good senior season, especially towards the back half. Um, and then we win regionals, go down, play Galesburg uh, with Joey Range, Rod Thompson. You know, they ended up getting second in state that year. Um, I had like four dunks that game. I mean, one just nasty tip dunk over Rod Thompson. And, and I, I was in the dunk contest downstate that year, and I see them both, and you know, they're talking to Corey Maggetti at the time and they're pointing at me and they all come down and, you know, oh, did you really dunk on him like that? And I'm like, yeah, okay. So <laughs> you know, it, was, it was fun for me. I knew who Corey Maggetti was. He was going to Duke. He was one of the top, yeah. you know, top guys in the nation at that time. So after that game, you know, I started to get a little bit more interest. Um, you know, so all the D2, D3 schools that I had been recruited by and kind of got away from them and it came down to DePaul and ISU. Um, and I remember talking to Stallings about it, and Stallings hated DePaul. Um, you know, this was the Pat Kennedy era. And we, even my dad, after we left talking to Pat Kennedy, was like, he wanted to stop on the way home just to take a shower. I mean, the guy was as sleazy <laughs> as you can get. But he was perfect for that team. You know, he, it, it is what it was. And um, But it came down to the players here were just so much better. I mean, it, I came down to hang out with them and, um, you know, I got along with them. It, it was a family at the time. And uh, like the coaches, you know, Coach Richardson was the lead recruiter kind of for me. And, um, you know, so I came down to begin with as a walk-on. So my first two years was uh, recruited walk-on. And then, you know, junior, senior year, I had earned a scholarship. So 
Um, but you know, it was, it was nice. My dad was professor up at NIU. So I, I was able to get discounted tuition on that. So it wasn't as bad, you know, and, and then that helped out the team be able to use it for, you know, other players. So, you know, that was kind of my story. Um, it was kind of whirlwind towards the end, but, uh, I'm glad I made the choice that I did and, you know, wouldn't change it for the world. So. Agreed. It's awesome. Love watching you play. Thank you. All right. We're now rolling in. We were going to talk about that 0102 season. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's heartbreaker season. So we came into that season, you know, the season before Tyrese had averaged 24 points a game or something. I think it was 24.3. Um, finished top 10 in scoring that year. Uh, he was going to be like the fourth leading scorer coming back. So we're we're going into the season. Uh, we lost a couple of players. Jason Hammock and Sed Knight transferred out. But, um, you know, we bring in Boo Bojang and um, – who else was oh and um casey reed and then of course greg alexander came in and we had trey gidry transferred in but was sitting out that year which would have been nice to have him to go along with all that but uh so expectations are high we're supposed to win conference you know almost running away yeah. with it uh tyrese was you know gonna be all world that year um first game of the year against weber state um it's funny if you ask tyrese he he took it to the basket and went up with it because he had kicked it back out to Greg Alexander a couple of times, but Greg missed both of those shots. So Tyrese always jokes. He's like, I was going to give assists. So I had to get the points myself. So, um, <laughs> took it to the hoop goes up. Um, I don't remember exactly what happened. It's kind of a blur, but he got undercut a little bit and came down, fell on his wrist. Um, now a little background on Tyrese. When, when you play with him in pickup games, he always pretends he hurts his wrist if he misses a shot. He made this shot, but he always pretends he hurts his wrist. Then we have to go down and play defense. So <laughs> no, I, I say that joking. I love Tyrese. Tyrese was, you know, one of the best players I've, I've ever played against or with. And um, so anyway, so he gets hurt. Um, we didn't know what was wrong at the time. You know, he's kind of sat out. He tried coming back once or twice into the game. Um, just couldn't shake it. His wrist was hurt too much. And then, of course, after the game, I get a call late from Coach Nov, uh, Coach Novsek, that they just did an X-ray and he had um, some damage in his wrist and would likely be out the season. So, you know, I give all the guys a call. We head over to his apartment, kind of hang out. He's down, obviously. Um, it's his senior season. Um, you know, we're kind of all in shock. You know, what do we do now? You know, we're a team built, literally built around Tyrese. You know, we had the talent, and we found that out later in the season, but we had the talent there to do it. It's just when you're used to having a guy like Tyrese Bryson where, you know, for me, my job was to rebound and get the ball to Tyrese. Or if Jepson's open or Greg's open, kick it out to them. But, you know, that was my sole job. And now all of a sudden, you know, I may have to score some. Um, you know, Shedrick Ford has to step up. You know, the new guys all of a sudden have to step up. And you have a freshman in Greg Alexander now that's got like, hey, yeah, it's great. Like Tyrese drives the lane, kicks it out to me. I'm wide open every time. Um, you know, now all of a sudden he's got a guy in his face 24-7. Uh, so we start that season rough. Um, you know, after that, we won that game, won the next game, but then went to Pittsburgh, played a real tough uh, Pittsburgh team with Brandon Knight, you know, some of those guys, and you know, they were only giving up 40 points a game at that point, and I think we probably scored 
only about 40. I mean, their defense was ridiculous. I look back on that, and it's, it was a thing of beauty. You know, if you like defense and basketball, you know, those are one of those teams that you can go back and just watch, and it was, you know, they're fun to watch. Um, you know, we ended up starting off slow in conference. I think we started the season 6-11, and 11, but finished – the back half, you know, going into the MVC tournament, ten and two, got third in conference. Um, looking at the games we lost, you know, with Tyrese, we we could have won them, sure. Um, we, you know, there was also a tough team in Creighton that year that I don't think people expected they were going to be second. But I mean, you had a Kyle Corver and some other players on that team, and you know, Kyle was difficult. I was, he was a four. I had to guard him. You know, I'm used to, you know, I'm like Big Pem. I. In the post, I like I like wrestling people in the post. I can do that for forty minutes. But when you're running off of screens <laughs> against Kyle Corver, who's getting a shot off before he even catches it, you know it's it's not fun for a big guy. And nope. you, you switch the guard onto him, and then he's he's down in the post. And so, yeah, we we don't like to do that. But you know, it was it's 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 a good memory. You know, we, we always look back when we get together, and um, you know what could have been that year. And you know, had he not gotten hurt, gotten hurt. And, um, he was 600 points from Doug. You know, could he have broken the record? You know, over 30 games. It's still 20 points a game. It's but you know he was on pace for it. And you know if anybody could have, well they could have done it. it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. It's fun. So, you know? so what happened during that season? That you know, obviously he had the initial shock and stuff like that. Right. And changed the whole game plan. Did it, it just evolve, or, or did, was there something that kind of, like, triggered it? Because, like, you lost the first two games in conference, and then you guys really turned it around. Right, yeah, and then I think we lost the first two, and then kind of one lost, one um, lost, and it was after the Southern game. Um, Randy, I live with Randy Rice and over in Woodridge. You know, Sean Jepson was next door. So, you know, we get Shedrick Ford over, and we kind of all sit down after that game. Um, you know, we get home late, and like, hey, we all need to go talk. You know, this is – this is our senior season. We can't we can't go down like this. We're not going to go Amen, go right. out. Yep. Um, and you know, we just decided to fight. And we said, you know, we can't. We we got to do this. And even Tyrese, the whole time, you know, he tell us he's like, I'm embarrassed. He's like, I don't want to pretend this team was just built around me. Um, so we we go and sit down and just hash it out. You know, we're yelling at each other, and you know, you do this, you do this, and. It just came down to, you know, at some point you just got to do it. And, you know, it's finding that toughness to to go out. And, you know, Shedrick played well down the stretch. And, you know, we were lucky we had a good post. You know, Boo Bojang came in, you know, kind of out of nowhere. And, you know, one of the best yeah. post players in the conference that year. And um, Randy Rice was kind of in a similar position to me where he was a pass-first point guard. So he'd come down and, you know, again, him and I lived off of giving Tyrese the basketball. You know, we're, we're now, he's got to step up and hit some threes. He's got to step up and take the ball to the basket a couple of times. You know, Jepson had to learn to catch the ball, take a couple of dribbles and get around a guy and then shoot, and, you know, instead of just being a spot-up shooter. So it, we all stepped up. And once the seniors did that, then the, you know, juniors and sophomores, and, you know, especially the freshmen, we had some tough freshmen that that year. And it, it was just good to see us kind of rally around that. And like I said, you know, we finished 10-2. and two going to the Valley Tournament as the three seed. And it was it was a fun year. Isn't it and amazing, though? Like, John, you had a similar story. How, exactly how having the, seniors, it's exactly the same, seniors right? in leadership, right? And the coaches yeah. can they can talk and, and communicate all they want. But at the end of the day, having those seniors step up and lead the team, 
you, you, same thing. You you had a team meeting too, and I'm sure there's been others where they they've turned it around. It was, and I and I I remember sitting down with Coach Coach Rich because I had ankle surgery right before the season. I had some chronic ankle pains, and you know throughout the season would get you know painkillers. Um, but you know I remember at, at some at November early December. You know we're trying to figure out what's going on with the team, and you know we're not playing well, and he sits me down in the office. He's like, you know, you don't practice everything. He's like, what do you see when you look out there? And I told him, I'm like, coaches are providing all the energy right now that we, us players need to figure out how to do that. And you know, we ended up doing that. And it is, you know, it, we, we blame the coaches a lot, but you know, a lot has to come from the players as well. You know, it, it falls on the seniors to step up and lead as John can allude to. Let's be honest, right? The, the, the coaches point you in the direction. Right. The players have got to go and want that, right? Right. And we had uh, when we heard you had that meeting, and then you went on that rip roll, right? And, right. and tore through the back half of that conference, went in third seed. You know, we were thinking you guys were us, right? Because right. we had done that in '90, right? Right. We had gotten Bender. We had our heads up our butts for the first half of the season. Had a Bender locked us in the locker room. Not that. That's okay, but yeah, we had a, a couple team fights in that locker room that night. Right. We came back out and we were fighting. Right? Yeah. And, and 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 so we ripped through the back half of the season. We come into the Valley Tournament third, and you know, now we had at Redbird a little bit of an advantage here. Right. Just 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 a scooch. So, but. So right from there, after that ten and two finish, we go right into the MVC tournament. Uh, we we draw Drake first round. Um, you know, tough team. They were kind of one of those just annoying. You know, they just good defense and uh, just always a team that you you hate to play. So we get them first round. You know, go all game, kind of back and forth, back and forth. Comes down to we get the ball with I believe it was like three seconds left. Um, you know, they don't show it on the big board how much time is left when they show it before the game is now, but get it out of bounds. Um, you know, coach calls a timeout, draws a play up. Greg Alexander's passing the ball out. He's supposed to hit, you know, Shedrick Ford, I think it was, diving to the basket for a layup. You know, he had it written up that way. Get out there, you know, slap the ball. Doesn't work that way. Somehow, Jepson comes around, <laughs> literally grabs the ball out of his hands. You know, it's he, he'll tell you to this day, he's like, I think that was out of bounds. The ref didn't call it. But they can't look back on it at this point, right? <laughs> so Jepson's got the ball, and he's dribbling, like, towards half court. And we're like, there's three seconds yeah. left. And we're yelling from the, the bench, like, you got to shoot it. You got to shoot it. And all of a sudden, he's in front of the bench, just kind of looks up at the clock. He's facing the scorer's table and just jumps up, turns around, throws up the shot. And um, you can see the final result on the on the replay before every game. But uh, and it was one of the one of the greatest moments of my time there, of just, just seeing that. And, you know, those game-ending shots that just stick in your head. And I see it before every game, and I joke, and I – always point out to you know my oldest son i'm like hey look there's me running off the bench i'm about to tackle him <laughs> um, and it, I, I think jepson got the number i think that was the number two or three play on uh espn top 10 that night so we were watching it and we're like oh god because at that time they, every night they do their top 10 plays yeah and, you know, da, 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 and it was fun <laughs> so you know we 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 win that game and we're just on a high and you know we're ready now we're going to the semifinals. um at that time it was what was that? That was a Friday night. I think with a game. Be, be, or no, it was on Sunday. Next, 
before we talk about the next game, I, I just got to say two things. One, I always wanted to know if it was drawn up that he was supposed to get the ball because it just looked peculiar, right? And we, and we see right. that play right. every time. It's like, was he really supposed to run in there? And, and you know, and then I always <laughs> thought, was he supposed to shoot on the baseline or, right. or continue to the three point and do a turnaround jumper? It, yeah. it's, but it was just, it was an amazing shot, right? It, it and, was. And, I mean, Absolutely. there's been times like, you know, Dana Ford, right? We talked about that right? Uh, um, with Ronnie. And then, uh, y- you know, there's uh, Jackie Carmichael's, which is probably the best celebration. Right. But let's call it, you know, he, he banked a three-pointer. He was never a three-point shooter. <laughs> right. 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 You know, there's Dan's game-winning shot. It was a right. layup. It's a great shot, great right? Because he was in the right spot, great field uh, pass by Kyle. But that, to me, was the greatest shot. Right. I mean, to sit there, all that movement, and, you know, to shoot the three-point, if you're set, you get the pass in the right spot, your odds of making it go way up. It right. don't go way up by running that distance, doing a turnaround right. jumper at, right. at that spot on the floor. And to make that, that to me, was the all-time. And then just watch you guys celebrate. It was. Yeah. I probably didn't even see you celebrate because I, I probably hit my head on the ceiling jumping up and down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely wasn't drawn up that way. That was just savviness on Jepson's part to to go to go get the ball. You know, that's again getting back to the whole senior thing. That's just a senior not wanting to lose, and he went and got the ball. Now we can argue at that point where his head was because he was dribbling away from the basket. And like, no, no, dude, go go that way. You're going the wrong way. And then you know, just jumps yeah. up, turns around, shoots it with a hand in his face, and um, yeah, it's a great memory. Yeah. Awesome. All right, we're going to roll in and talk about the 99-aught season, right? That was the next one on your list. Right. So, again, a, a rough season. That was coming off of, you know, we had just lost Leroy and Coach Stallings and um, KP, uh, Kev Pearson, Kyle Cartmill. Uh, so, we're, you know, we're going into that season low expectations. I think we were picked for last in the Valley that year. Um, but, you know, rough season. We get to senior night. And one of the big things that Stallings and – eventually Richardson, you know, kind of similar, same philosophy. You don't lose on senior night. You know, we always send our seniors out of Redbird arena on a winning note. So that night, you know, again, we're playing Drake. I I guess Drake used to be in a lot of our highlights. That was, you know, they were kind of the fun ones to beat up on, but we're down 10 with two minutes to go. And, you know, we're all just sitting there like, we're going to lose on senior night. And um, it was, but we weren't, we didn't feel like we were out of it at that point. So we all of a sudden on this run, uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Carver, um, Ryan Crowley steps up, hits a three you know, guy that shot maybe five, six threes all season, um, hits a three, gets it to within two. We foul. I think they're making their shots. They're making the foul shots come down and we hit, we were hitting threes left and right. Rich Byers is hitting three. Tyrese is hitting threes. You know, Crowley's hitting more threes. I think, um, a few other people that didn't have any business hitting threes or hitting threes. <laughs> we end up getting the ball with a uh, couple seconds to go, bringing it up. Tyrese brings it up, hits hits a shot from the beak of the bird, like a pull-up jumper from the beak of the bird to send us into <laughs> overtime. Uh, we go into overtime, win by 10, and box score after the game, we had scored 50 points between that two-minute stretch at the end of the game and overtime to go on and to win that game. And it just took an all-out effort. And again, that was... No, that was a senior. That was Ryan Crowley, and those guys stepping up and saying, "No, we're not. I'm not leaving Redbird Arena a loser." So, um, you know, just 
another game where you look back on it and you're like, how do you do that? You know, 50 points in seven minutes. That's insane. You know, it's a, on pace for, a, yeah. you know, scoring. What is that? 500 or a lot. Or yeah, 250 <laughs> points in a game. So, yeah. but yeah, it took a Herculean effort to be able to do that. And, but we pulled it out and did it. That is awesome. That is yeah. awesome. All right. Um, next one we wanted to talk about was the NIT game versus Purdue. Yes. So that was after the junior season. We kind of came from behind, came out of nowhere, surprised everybody. Um, you know, Tyrese made a name for himself that year. He was a top 10 in scoring in the country at 24, somewhere in the 24 range. And just having a phenomenal season. Um, so we go 22 and 10. We're sitting there. We think we have an outside shot at the NCAA tournament. So, you know, we're, we're in the arena that night and we, we can't watch, you know, we're, we're sitting there just hanging out. Coaches are up uh, watching it on TV and um, we're playing pickup games and shooting and they come down and let us know we didn't make the NCAA tournament. We're making the NIT. And, but you know, we're, we're going to Purdue um, a place we had played <clears throat> I think that was our, that would have been our second time, but, you know, coach Katie, we're going to see coach Katie and, you know, again, Purdue, they had the raised floor, kind of a raised insane yep, atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and we go in there and one of the best single games, I think you'll ever see a kid play, you know, Tyrese is there and some of the freshmen, I, I think, um, maybe it was Dan or Kyle had kind of talked about when they were older and in the NIT and, um, you know, how the older guys, it's like, heck yeah, like we're doing this, we're doing this. Um, you know, some of the younger guys were at the point of, eh, you know, I just want to go home. Like it's spring break. Right, My buddies are right. home. I want to go see mom. And, uh, you know, Tyrese wasn't going to let us lose. You know, unfortunately I think we did end up losing that by um, a few points, but, you know, he goes off for 38 that game, you know, and, Purdue through everything. I mean, they were almost triple teeing them at, at some points. And that the summer after that, I was working Michael Jordan basketball camp and their point guard Dean and uh, one of the other players were sitting there and we were just up one night hanging out. And they're like, where did, Ed, where did Tyrese end up going? And we're like, what do you mean? They're like, well, where, what's he doing after college? We're like, he's a junior. They're like, he's coming back. They're like, they're like, coach Katie made us run for like, two hours after that <laughs> for the defense we played. He thought we played terrible defense. And he's like, we were like, coach, no, the kid was just amazing. And I mean, he's one of those players that if he was hitting his shots, you know, he's stepping in, hitting threes in people's face. And there's nothing you could do to guard him. Cause then if you try and guard the three, then he's going around you or he's getting to the basket and you have to foul him. You know, you one of the best players at being able to use his body and, if he hadn't hit enough shots, he was getting fouled and getting to the line. And, you know, he could go five for 20, but, you know, still score 20, 25 points. And it was just amazing. He did, uh, and I complain about this or bitch about it a lot, is when a guy goes cold, and, and Tyrese did as much as anybody else, right. he stopped shooting. Right. He just took you to the rack. Head yep. fake, go to the rack, get to right. the line. Right, either get a layup in, get to the line, hit a couple of free throws, yep. and then you get your confidence back. I say that all the time, right? If you go cold, you miss two and three shots, go to the rack. Get yep. a dunk, get a layup, get a three-point play, get to the free throw line. You're sitting there. What a great way to practice your shot in front right. of thousands of people 
and it's a free throw. Right? right. My dad said it. My wife's dad said it all the time. It's free. Right. Right. And so, um, and he was just a master at that. And he then went. all of a sudden, five minutes later, the man is on fire again. Right. It's right. like, you know, it's like the microwave had turned off like many of the microwave <laughs> and then somebody had reset the timer and turned it back on. And now he was firing back up again. And so he was a master. Young the players today don't get that. No. Right. No, they don't. They don't. And free throw is the most efficient shot in basketball. You know, you if, if you're good at it, you know, I wasn't. And for me, it probably wasn't the most efficient. For me, it was getting the ball and dunking. But, um, you know, if you, you figure if you're shooting 75 points or 75 percent, you're getting a point and a half every time you step to the line. So it's. I yeah. shot four. I was four for 10 my freshman year. But then after that, I shot well into the low, uh, high 70s, low 80s. Right. Uh, but yep. I, I was shooting. 50 to 100 a night during the summer right. so my driveway right i right. practice that so yeah yeah all right this has been awesome we're going to break here and then we're going to come back and chad and steve and i are going to debate the national image likeness by the way the ncaa that sucks because national letter attempt has been around forever <laughs> chad and i signed one and now you gotta come up with the same three letters and just switch the order so we'll be right back so we're back, and uh, we're going to kick off the topic, uh, NIL. It's a hot topic, uh, um, and it's a changing thing. It's progressing over the last two, three years. But, Chad, I, I'm just going to open it up. I, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, where there was a recruit that went to uh, University of Miami, got $800,000, okay, and then a teammate, we're not going to talk about individual players, uh, um, put on Twitter that he was renegotiating his contract. Yeah. When you see stuff like that, well, I mean, what's what's the first impression that you have versus like when you were in in school? Right, and it's it's tough. You know, it, we've talked you know off air about you know John and I about you know our troubles even just getting food for for food or uh, money for right. food. So you know, we lived off of the stipend you'd get. It you know, if you were at Water, you know, if we stayed at Waterson, you had your meal plan, um, which always ran out. Yeah, which always ran out by what like second month. You know, we. <laughs> run through that and then during the season you didn't have anything to eat and you're trying to scrounge food uh or you you know live off campus and you got the stipend but they had to go to pay rent and you know bills and all that stuff so a lot of jack's pizzas totino's pizza rolls uh you know stuff that's not the best to eat and then go play four hours of basketball uh, and i always started i think senior season i started at uh 235 you know not a plump 235 that was start of the season so we've already been doing workouts but i think i was down into 225 228 by the end of the season and you, know, you still try and lift but you know to see numbers like that you know it's that that's crazy that's getting into the nba and you know good for those kids it's, it's awesome i'm happy for them but it, i remember sophomore season i was upset just because because of the rules yeah NCAA basketball, two, I think 99 or 2000, whatever they called it at the time. I was ISU number 31 on the game. I'm like, I just want my name on a video game. Like, how cool would that be to just have Mazinowski, you know, <laughs> ISU Mazinowski. I'm like, I'd, I'd have that and I'd take pictures and frame it. And, but no, it was ISU 31, but it was 6'6", number 31, and he played power forward at ISU. And, you know, we all played our own guys. But, you know, I would have settled for that in college. Um, you know, let alone $800,000. You can come out of school and, um, you know, be pretty well off already. Well, and, and I 
called out, right, the fact that, you know, when I was in school, 12 years ahead of Chad, um, that, you know, my last year, you know, the coaches may or may not have been given a slip and a dollar bills so that we could get peanut butter and cream cheese for our bagels <laughs> when we got off the thing, right? Because right. a bagel is a snack, cream cheese, and so we laugh about that, right? And so same thing, right? The number of times White Hen Pantry sat below Watterson, I think it's called something else today, or went out to Jewel. You're sending 18, 19 year old kids. We were complaining about this in our little break. And it, I know what we would get Susie Q's, Oreos, everything needed to. You know. <laughs> and like Chad, I started at 255. It would end about 245, 240 my senior year. You'd lose 10 or 15 pounds. And so this NLI, I found it very interesting. Um, Missouri State, which I like to still call Southwest Missouri. Mm -hmm. uh, Mobley, you know, Dana Ford. I pulled together some kind of NLI for him, N-I-L. And uh, by the way, NCAA, you suck because it's national letter of intent and versus national image likeness. So national image likeness, Mobley got one and he still went into the portal. So what does right. that say? Right. Right. It says he probably um, can get more somewhere else. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Right? Well, that, and you have, yeah, you have kids, people in these kids' ears too. You know, I'm, sometimes for the good sometimes for the bad you know how many kids go elsewhere and you know don't have the same support system and everything you know you're you're a big or small fish in a big pond at that point you're you're just one of another players as opposed to being a big fish in a small pond and yeah well in, in our first episode we had a segment where i called out that 14 guys that had transferred only 12 because I had two current players that I'd already said. Right. <laughs> now, it was a little foreshadowing because both of them end up going into the portal. Right. Um, so, but um, two really had good seasons so far, right? The two, so it's actually 12. Um, DJ Mahorn uh, out at ASU yep. is playing pretty well, getting about 10, 12 points and starting. And then I forgot the kid's name. I don't have my notes in front of me. Who went to Tulsa? Played two seasons. Oh, uh, Ray. Tulsa. Right. Thank you. Yeah, he he had eight, nine points. He's a big, so he got eight, nine points and six, seven rebounds. So he had a pretty good season. Most of the rest of them, you just don't hear of them again. And so right. it's sad, right? And so, you know, what have they been? So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch the national image likeness and how does every Division One team right. navigate that? It um, is. And on the 16th, ISU has, we're opening our own center to help student athletes and people connect, right? Is that correct, Chad? Correct. Did I get yeah. that information right? So they'll be there. So the athletic department is going to run that um, and kind of explain NIL because there's a lot of intricacies. I mean, there's, it's not even straightforward. You're seeing now where the NCAA is coming out and saying, yeah, some of you bigger schools that are being pretty out, out there with it, you've, you, probably breaking some rules so you know that that's the <laughs> tough part is you know we're still small you know we don't have deep pockets you know we don't have the wichita state the Koch brothers who can just say who do you want let's just you know we'll write a check and you right. know kind of self-fund that and we can't pay guys eight hundred thousand dollars or whatever and that's just the reality of it if if i if we can figure it out at icu um you know there may be some way to do a pool of money and go about it that way but even that's hard, you know. There's not the big money donors here that can just give, give, give. 
um, especially something like that to just keep buying players. And you have to do it every year. It's not just a one-time right, donation. Right. So, um, and we have some big donors. We it's do. It's just a matter of, you know, not to say that Illinois State doesn't. We have some mighty big donors. We do. That no, are awesome. I, yeah. How do they uh, – one thing I want to know is how does the athletic department navigate that, right? Because they donate to athletics, and that goes right. to the entire pool. Or do you put your money to an NIL, and then athletics doesn't quite have a, as much, but – Right. Do they make more because they have more, you know, the, you know, they're winning more games and they're going to right. a tournament and they're making the money right. that way. I don't know how that works. And, and nor do they tell me how that right. works. Either. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, that's, that's, We're fans. Chad and I are fans just like everybody else now. Right. Right. The only difference is my fan says John Pemberton fan, former player. Right. right. So. Right. And that's, that's what we hope, you know, Brett, Kyle Brennan and, Mark Walhauser can figure out as a way to still keep ISU competitive and, you know, put something in place that, you know, we can't, you know, at least at the mid-major level to do that. And, you know, kids are still going to leave. You know, it's unfortunate. We're just at an age where um, kids are going to leave. And every year we're going to see a couple of them. And it sucks, but, you know, it is what it, you know, we'll have to figure that out as well. That's where, you know, it's Coach Peden and Dockich and Jensen and, off it with you know they're gonna have to figure out and navigate yeah i, I still think though that the, the the teams that are going to be successful in the missouri valley in particular are, are going to be the teams that can you know not stop it but mitigate right you know that that turnover okay? right can, can you get a core that can be there for three four years do the leadership that you guys talked about previously right and, and, and develop that relationship because I, it, it does make a difference and i think if you look at drake and their success recently, they've been able to maintain some of those players and, right. and, and uh, you know, get them to come back that extra year of COVID. They've stayed. They just announced four more players coming back, and they've had some of that success. And on the positive with that is there's going to be those, you know, three and maybe some four-star recruits that, you know, Kentucky's not recruiting anymore. If they're not getting a five-star recruit, they're just going to go and, you know, go take Antonio Reeves from ISU, who's already who they know, who they, you know, have tape on. And, you know, they don't know how a three, four star recruits going to turn out. So, you know, now that's a freshman, right, right now that pool is going to be open for uh, mid-major programs, you know, ISU, Missouri Valley teams to go pick off some of those and you'll get better freshman recruits. And, you know, it's just a matter of how do you keep them around? And it's interesting. We'll see how it plays out. And, you know, I, but I think you're hitting on how that success is. You get those three or four core and then what, then what do you do to sprinkle in around it in right. those, that one to two year window, right? right. When, when you have that opportunity, you know, bring in that talented freshman, bring in that grad transfer, and and, and, and you know, kind of push right. you know, all chips in at those one two years. Yeah, and coaches have a much tougher time today, right, in building that chemistry. Chad talked about earlier in the episode. Talked about him and Chad. I think it was Trey and who else? Yeah. You guys all at Woodridge. Um, you guys got Randy Rice and, Randy the, Rice and uh, Sean Jepson. And Sean Jepson. Yeah. They had a little coming to Jesus meeting that probably was got heated and pushing and shoving. And we had my team had the same thing, right? And we rattle off the back half of the season just like uh, Chad's team did. Um, but those are guys that had been together for three, four years, right? Mm -hmm. Tested in the paint, tested out on the court, tested together, practice preseason, 
running late at night, getting yelled at, telling the dumb stories. That's the brotherhood that that coaches now have to try to develop inside of three or four months that we did in, in years. Right. right. And so, so right. yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not going to solve this. I wish we could. No. Um, <laughs> if I won a lottery ticket, I'm not sure how much my wife would allow me to give to the <laughs> university. Depending on the number, it'd have to be tens of millions of dollars. So <laughs> we still have two in college right now. So right. it's going on. And Chad's got one heading to college and one heading to college in 18 years. So, yep. um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. And ISU success is determined on how quickly they can gel a team, how well they can navigate the transfer portal, and how well they can navigate national image likeness. So. Absolutely. With that, this is going to be the end of episode six. Chad, thank you so much for being here, big boy. Ryan, thank you, guys. Yeah. Love you. Um, love watching you play. You were awesome. He's been my wingman for um, for the alumni stuff, and really, I've been his wingman a lot. So it's a, <laughs> it's a great effort there, and so can't wait till we play the game and catch you soon. And with that, we are done.